And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. And we're back. Two cameras set up. Everything is kosher. Uh, if you're watching the video, which I urge you to do over at youtube.com slash cpluscomedy, that is what the beginning of each episode of this show has been like for the past uh, 15 weeks. If you watch the video and also listen to the audio, <laughs> Do both if you can, if you have the time, if you can afford the time, or do both at the same time. You know, go go to the YouTube <laughs> and then go pull up the podcast. So pull up the video, then pull up the podcast, and then press play on both at the exact same time, and uh, just and listen to me. And it won't it won't be stereo. It'll be what's 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 stereo times four times two, uh, quadario. That sounds like the name of. Uh, of a football player who beat the odds, who graduated high school, went to college. He said, "I'm gonna prove, I'm gonna prove them wrong. I'm prove, I'm prove everybody who called me dumb wrong. I'm gonna do it." <laughs> Quadario, the the stereo story. Yeah, it's all dumb. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the Constitutionals. I could even make eye contact with the cameras. Uh, if you're watching the video. I am back with uh, two cameras set up now. I do have two cameras again. I had to. I, I was able to get procure uh, exactly three more memory cards, two SD cards for the camera, and one micro SD card for the GoPro. Because that was the problem. That was what was going on. Also, I I did the the other the main problem with why I wasn't using the Canon was because I, the battery. I think either the battery died or the charger died. So I bought four batteries, <laughs> and it's an old Canon. It's a T three. It's a Rebel T three. So it's a it's an old Canon, and now it's got four batteries. And if I upgrade to a different camera this year, it's not going to be able to take those batteries. So I don't know why. I invested, you know, thirty dollars for batteries. <laughs> it wasn't thirty; it was like sixteen ninety nine. Plus, they came with the, one came with the charger. It was like uh, sixteen plus eight, so maybe thirty two. <laughs> it was close to forty dollars. Uh, and then also, well, see, I'm doing a wedding. I'm doing a wedding. I'm, I'm shooting a wedding, <laughs> and uh, we're using my my very crappy cameras. This is not a not a joke. I'm using a very uh, two very crappy cameras. My phone. And then also a camera that will be provided, but it's not, it's, it's not even, it is a newer version of the T3, the Rebel T3. It's a T, it's a T5, I believe. Um, and, uh, and then I also have a, I'm pointing to it. I don't, it's, I'm not going to get it in frame. It's a, a stabilizer, a kind of a stabilizer gimbal thing. And so I just, I got a quick release plate that, that came with it and then I'm able to slide it on there. And <laughs> I want to be able to hold the camera like a real camera person. Again, it's a very crappy camera. Uh, all three of the cameras I'm, I'm using. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. It is uh, the day before Valentine's Day, a cursed day for us all. Last year I had somebody. Now I don't. <laughs> so uh, right now I'm cooking a very wintry meal. It is uh, short. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm going to do braised short ribs. They're in the oven right now. I got home at 4.41. I should have started them at 4.42. I started them at 5.30. They will not be finished until uh, 7.30 o'clock at the latest. I'm excited. They smell good. The apartment smells amazing. 
it's the 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 smell. I was gonna say the the sound, <laughs> the smell. God, I hope there's not a sound. The smell is wafting from the oven uh, directly into the office. Uh, it's in my bedroom as well. Um, but if you are wondering, I still do have that tux. That is why I have that tux, and it's still sitting here, uh, waiting to be worn. <laughs> I've worn it exactly three times: once to try it on, uh, another time to uh, shoot the constitutionals for last week, and then the other time to shoot news time this week. <laughs> Speaking of news time, definitely check out that episode of News Time that came out this past Monday, which talked about uh, it was an Oscars episode. Uh, I tr- I tried so hard to get it out in time because <laughs> it's a very long episode, uh, and also I'm very uh, I'm not driven right now uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, this show this, this doesn't make me any money. <laughs> That's why I'm not driven. Um, but it is a very long, it's a, one of the longest episodes I've done in the past couple of months, I would say. 13 minutes long, and it covered the Oscars, the recent uh, spate of diversity, and just a whole bunch of things. I got to wear the tuxedo. It was very well produced <laughs> compared to the last 10 episodes, <laughs> besides Bloopies. It was very well produced. <laughs> it's the most produced episode I've done in a long time. I'm very, I'm very excited for it. It's a very, very happening episode, as the kids say. Uh, and so, yeah, so definitely check it out. It's a, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Yesterday, previous to today, today I'm the, the 13th, I'm recording this, February 2020, Your Lord. Uh, I spoke to Christian A. Pierce. I was supposed to talk to him today. His rep said, hey, can we do it today instead, which was yesterday. I said, she emailed me very late. Her time, perfect. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the evening. My time, it's almost midnight. <laughs> So she emailed me. She emailed me at like 11.45. I see it the next morning because I check uh, while I'm doing my morning constitutions. I check the C plus comedy's email. And um, uh, speaking of emails, I just got one from Credit Karma <laughs> talking about my taxes. Uh, I uh, so, so she emailed me. And so I, and I, learned, I saw the email and I go to the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. So I'm sitting on the toilet, 4.45. I look at the email, and I go, oh, God, I guess I have to do this today. So I send her, I email her, which is also, don't email somebody at any early morning span. But I I, I mean, this is a pertinent, that's why I had to do this. So I emailed her at 4.45. And she did not get back to me. Uh, but at, <laughs> um, but then, so then she called at the time and I was, I was sitting in my car and five minutes had passed and I was like, oh, I guess I should just leave. <laughs> and I got the phone call. Um, but, uh, Christian's a nice guy. He, uh, he was promoting the real bros of Simi Valley, which is a, which is a YouTube turned Facebook watch show he does with Jimmy Tatro, his partner in crime. Um, they, you know, what's really funny. And I and I can say this because with confidence, I I like this guy. Uh, he's a person of color. He's doing well. He's got a cool haircut, and he's very muscular. And I think we would be good friends um, if if you know if we were in the same scene of people. I think we would be really good friends. I think we would text often. No, not often. I think we would text periodically, and we'd hang out <laughs> periodically as well. Um, he uh he and Jimmy. They the they do this real bros thing and it's they're playing these kind of douchey guy them not them uh, well yeah they are but uh, they and their friends are playing these douchey guys that are you know very fratty and uh, that's that's basically their background they went to the same college and they were very fratty and stuff but they're also very funny 
in that they have personalities. They're very funny. They have great, they have good personalities. They're hard workers. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I brought this up when I was talking to Christian, Christian A. Pierce, by the way, uh, when I was talking to him yesterday, he, he has, there is, he's the first YouTuber I've ever spoken to. I've interviewed, uh, I've interviewed late night writers. I've interviewed just standups, touring standups, actors, you know, mute music people. But he's the first YouTuber, very surprisingly, first YouTuber I've talked to the past in the first in the six years I've done this, and uh, it's it's interesting to see. To I, I wanted to talk to him because uh, he was a YouTuber and he does have a big following. Um, I, I really wanted to see. I, I the the conversation turned towards me saying, and I didn't have his question written down, but uh, he had. It's a it's a he's doing YouTube stuff, you know, online stuff. And it's really broadened out into uh, now he has a show on Quibi and now he's developing an animated show that's going to go that's going to land somewhere. And so he's YouTubers are kind of if you know YouTube, if you watch YouTube, then you know that world. But if you don't, then you're out of the loop. And I would say 40 percent. of No, Uh, I would say maybe 30 percent of the 40, 40, 30 percent of the world uh, does not care. Or does care about YouTube. Uh, I would not say it's a lot of people. But that being said, if you have a huge following on YouTube, you have a huge following on YouTube. Jimmy Tatro, Christian A. Pierce, the, I, think it's, I think Jimmy's channel is Life According to Jimmy or something like that. Uh, and that's the main channel they work off of. But they have, and especially if you look at the Real Bros of Simi Valley, the episodes are up on Facebook Watch. And there are tens of thousands of views on Facebook Watch. <laughs> You know, and on YouTube, it's millions of views. Uh, the regular person is not going to go, not not going to know who um, who's a big YouTube person I follow. Uh, MKBHD. They're not going to, even though I, I I crapped on him <laughs> several episodes ago. But the the normal person is not going to know who he is, and they're not going to care who he is. But you you ask me about YouTube, like, hey, how do I? Or anybody who watches YouTube, hey, how do I? Wh- who should I watch for uh, tech stuff? And and you say, you know, you just go, uh, MKB, MKBHD. You know, you're going to say that person. Um, I should actually just pull up YouTube <laughs> instead of instead of trying to think of people to uh, to talk about. Also, I just, I, also, I, I just, I don't follow a lot of people. Doug DeMiro for cars, you know, the report of the week for food. And Good morning, Good Mythical Morning, let's say them. Good Mythical Morning, morning talk show, uh, Red and Link, and their team of a thousand white people. <laughs> the two brown people that work there. They have this company called Mythical in LA. It's a morning talk show. They try different foods or they do different stunts. And sometimes they have famous people on. I just watched one with Terry Crews uh, yesterday. And uh, and they have two channels. And they've been doing YouTube stuff for years. And they, they're able to make a company out of it and make some money off the channel. But also make money off the you know, the merch they sell and the tour dates and the books. And uh, YouTube premium shows and this and that and all that stuff. So... It's, you know, you know, 30% of the world can know who they are. You know, tens of millions of people know who they are. But then it's the billions who don't. But And that's okay because they still have the tens of millions who are loyal fans. If you are loyal to a YouTube channel, there's chances are you're going to be loyal to that channel forever. Uh, unless they say some pretty downright rotten things. Otherwise, you know, you're going to stay with them. Which is, you know, hard to say for... A, uh, a TV show. P- 
people fall off the TV shows all the time. The, the Simpsons, Game of Thrones. I thought for when I said people fall off the TV shows all the time, the very first thing that came to my head was the Mary Kate and Ashley specials. <laughs> and I only say that because on you on a Hulu, they Hulu now has the rights to air the Mary Kate and Ashley those those forty minute specials that used to come out on VHS uh, in the in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, now they have the rights to air that stuff. <laughs> and uh, there was one. Oh God, I don't know if I don't know if I'll remember this one. But there was one where uh, I'm trying to type. I just typed in the word Mary A. <laughs> the word Mary A. Mary Kate and Ashley. There was one where they did a uh, uh, a movie about a bride. It was a mystery thing about a bride, and it scared the living daylights out of me. Um, is it no? Not it. Ta- not it takes two. It was a scary thing. Uh, 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 scary. I'm gonna type in scary and bride because <laughs> it scared the crap out of me. Uh, I don't know what I'm Let's see. Okay, you know what I'm going to say? Mar- oh, Jesus. Just hit the Google sign. I was going to say Mary Kate and Ashley. Mary Kate and Ashley, there was a movie they did. And it was part of their... Oh, boy, they smoke cigarettes, apparently. What is it? Was it the adventure? It was the adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley. So we had, we had those in the mid to late 90s. Let's see. Okay. Uh, the case of Thorn Mansion, a ghost is supposedly haunting a mansion in Transylvania. The girls must figure out what happened. The ghost ends up to be a caretaker of the mansion. who's also a beekeeper. Uh, logical Ranch. It might be the mansion one. Mystery Cruise, Funhouse Mystery, and uh, Christmas Capers, Space Mansion, Shark Encounter, The Hotel Who Done It. Okay, so you know what? It was probably the case of the Thorn Mansion. The 1994, the case of the Thorn Mansion. 30 minutes per episode. My God. Uh, and there's one part where the girl, where they were hiding outside of this house. I remember this very distinctively because when you have, you know, four VHSs, you're going to watch the same thing over and over again. I remember we were, uh, when I was, I was watching Shrek, Shrek and there were jokes. I would always bring my parents down for, I would go, come like we had in our basement. We had the TV that I would, that the VCR was hooked up to. Also, I had a TV in my room. I don't know why I was doing this, but we had a TV that the VCR was hooked up to. And I'm like, come on, come downstairs. I got to show this joke. And I would do that, you know, for <laughs> all of the 90 minutes. Uh, here it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yes. They're sitting at a table at a, at a desk. And they answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is exactly what I'm thinking of. Is this the Ghostbusters music? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I got to turn this down so I get a copyright strike. Uh, but they get let off at this house. And I'm going to skip ahead. And they're walking up holding hands. Uh, oh, my gosh. I remember every second of this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they were scared because there's uh, the mansion's got like, he's got like, uh, uh, like uh, stuff over it, the dust, dust stuff over the the furniture. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> okay, I should stop. Listen, this got way out of hand. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to go on this long. I was supposed to vamp until I I only have three stories. I was supposed to vamp until uh, I had enough of that. Listen, I gotta go check this meat. But when I return, 
we're going to talk about um what was i talking about with this hold on before i go to break uh yeah it was i mean i just it scared me it was scared me because the beekeeper would pop up and the beekeeper would like look left and right it was it was very scary there's also a disney video of this you know okay i'm done we're gonna go to break all right just give me one second i want to check on my meat and then uh check on my meat title of the episode and then we'll come back with this <laughs> second part three two one and welcome back to the second part of this show uh <laughs> i quickly ran up checked on my meat and then i forgot to write down the title uh check on my meat all right that's the title of the episode let's get into the let's get into the stories i was truly only supposed to vamp for five or six minutes and then get into the first story and then wait let's uh i'm gonna go ahead and skip past the uh the first story really quick i want to go into this uh this second one over here it's called e3 2020 will be ve- will be different <laughs> editorializing it as jeff Keeley drops out of coliseum event this is by steve watts written over at the uh, GameSpot channel uh website now this is a very bad title it's e3 2020 will be very different and then comma as jeff Keeley drops out of column just <laughs> the the thing is they're trying to attract people and what's the big thing what's the bigger name what's the bigger noun in here e3 2020 or jeff Keeley? uh e3 2020 is obviously the big event that happens where video games get showcased during the summer and it's a week long blah 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 uh jeff Keeley is obviously the big one of the biggest names in gaming gaming news gaming coverage gaming presenting and uh but who do you what do you have leading off the 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 um header with so you go E3 2020, all right, people people already recognize that E3 2020, they're probably going to click. Uh, but if you have Jeff Keighley up there, how many people are going to click on that? Anyway, why do you have to have uh, two independent thoughts there? E3 2020 will be very different, will be different, comma, as Jeff Keighley drops out of the Cosmic event. All you have to do is say Jeff Keighley, or E3 2020 loses Jeff Keighley as, you know, not a producer, but, you know, as the as a commentator or whatever. Anyway, uh, Jeff Keeley, you may know him from the game informer show, which was, or what was it called? Yeah. Game informer show. I think that's what it was called. Very great show on spike TV when that was a thing. And it would come on at midnight on like Saturday nights. Uh, but Jeff Keeley has since become one of the biggest names in you know, games media hosting uh, because he knows what he's talking about. He's smart and he's, he's kind of like, who's a person who is very diplomatic in what they say and is, doesn't uh, put emotion in anything. He's very non-emotional, <laughs> but he, he's a, uh, he's one of the, he's one of the, the better people in games media. So E3 2020 E3 has been on a decline in recent years, and Jeff Keighley is seeing that. In a statement he wrote on Twitter, he posted to Twitter, he said, for the past 25 years, I've attended every electronic entertainment expo. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has been a highlight of the year. Um, I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, I have made a difficult decision to decline to, to produce E3 Coliseum. All he has to do is say that. Uh, it just, I'm not, he loses E3 20, this is what they should say. E3 2020. Uh, E3 2020 loses Jeff Keighley as producer. Boom. Because technically he is producing part of E3. 
the Coliseum event is the live YouTube show. Anyway, for the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and at other events in the future. Uh, this is just another, uh, people think this is another nail in the coffin. And I kind of, I s- slightly agree with them, and, but mostly disagree uh, for E3. E3 has been on a decline in recent years. And because it's become less of a gaming trade show and more of a gaming spectacle event space and uh, there's uh, conferences leading up to public days where people can come in and play. I I think it was better when it was in Atlanta in the 90s. It was very bad for for that time it was here. Um, But I, I, I believe it was better when... You know, right? They've been letting they've been letting the public come in, and so it's become this congested place in L.A. during a time where you shouldn't have congestion. I should start this over, uh, and uh, and it sucks. Uh, so I think they should lessen the amount of tickets they sell, uh, raise the prices on tickets that they currently sell. So you know, instead of selling, let's let's pretend this is the number that they're selling, but instead of selling. 200 tickets, they should sell 100 tickets and then raise the price from $50 to $70. You know, just just do something like that. Make it kind of more of an exclusive event. And don't put the emphasis on this is where you're going. This is the only place where you're going to find out the new and latest games because that's not true because we have the PlayStation experience. Nintendo does directs throughout the year. Um, Gamescom, PAX. There's so many different ways to find out about new video game things, and then things aren't even announced. So they have to they have to realize that they're not the only convention in the system anymore. So E3 needs to change. Jeff Keighley's gone. I said Geff Keighley. Geff Keighley is gone. Uh, but now we can get back. We can get to TV stuff. Let's go on to the first story that was posted on the thing. You tap on it. I have an OtterBox for this iPad. Watch the video. I have an iPad. I have an OtterBox for it. The plastic on here, first of all, it makes everything look like crap. Second, it makes it very tough to tap on things. So I'm just going to get a glass screen protector. I'm going to rip off the plastic. Okay, this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Streaming TV usage nearly doubles in less than two years, Nielsen says. This is written by Rick Porter. Uh, the rating service also catalogs a truly staggering number of titles available to consumers in 2019. Record 532 original scripted series aired on television in 2019. This is from FX, the cable network. You know, John Langraff. In terms of sheer volume of content, though, the FX figure understates what's available by a factor of more than a thousand. <laughs> According to data from Nielsen. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. The rating service. This is the first time I'm reading this. The rating services, uh, latest total audience reports, a report, a, a report takes a deep dive into the streaming ecosystem, revealing that the majority of TV consumers pay for more than one SVOD service. The streaming usage in OTT capable households has nearly doubled in less than two years and that there is virtually endless supply of content available to those users. Very true. This is why people, you know, if you have more than one streaming service, you have a hard time staying on a show like me. The headline number and the report illustrates the incredible amount of content 
that makes up the TV universe using data from Nielsen-owned GraceNote, which powers TV listings guides and search functions for on-demand providers. The company determined, here's a number, that in 2019 alone, a mind-boggling 646,152 unique program titles were available across every linear and streaming outlet, from your YouTube to your Netflix is what I'm adding in. That's every series, current and past, movie, special, news programs, sports telecasts, and kids show that ran on one platform or another from broadcast networks from Netflix to niche streaming services. That does not uh, include individual episodes. Uh, This is from the Nielsen Senior VP of Audience Insights, Peter Katsingris. There are 236 episodes of Friends, but Friends just counts once here. You can imagine when people go to choose content, they can get very specific. Only 9% of those, again, 646,152 titles are available exclusively on services like Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime, and 16% are exclusive to linear TV. Wow. Holy moly. Then they have some survey stuff. Um, 646,152 shows and movies and sports and news that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot. I was checking the time. That's a lot of stuff. I got to leave at 630. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a, an insane amount of things. But that's not, a, that's not a factor of a thousand. By a factor of a thousand. That's when it said underestimates what's available by a factor of more than a thousand. I mean, you know, that they just, they're just off by a uh, hundred and some odd thousand. That is why that, you know, I don't know. There's a lot to say on this. This is Netflix and Amazon Prime, Netflix and Amazon Prime in particular. They, they're just throwing paint at the wall and a lot of it's not sticking. There are shows that have run on Netflix for one season and they cancel it. Uh, whether they're, you know, high profile shows like Tuca and Birdie or they're shows that you don't even know exist. Uh, and they're from France, and they were on for 13 episodes, and then Netflix said, we're going to cancel it. And uh, a small contingent of people come out and say, we don't want you to cancel it. That, I mean, there's just a lot of things, and there's got to be there's got to be a point where everything, you know, where they're selling the, where they're going to start bundling up streaming services, <laughs> and then eventually there's got to be a bubble where everything just bursts. I was talking to a coworker yesterday, and uh, he's been around the block for a little bit, so <laughs> he is a... It sounds like I'm making fun, like I'm saying something mean. Uh, he's an older gentleman, and he's had a storied career as an editor. Um, and he works for Broadway Video. I was talking to him. He, he worked. Uh, that's Lauren Michaels' uh, thing. Uh, he worked with Broadway Video, and it was. And he was telling me about and CNN and all this and Turner and stuff. Uh, but he was. But you know, we have we're, we're talking about TV and comedy and stuff, and. There were only, he talked about, he remembers when there's only three channels and it was just ABC, CBS, and NBC. And, and you know, shows will, shows will get millions of viewers. Uh, but now, you know, a broadcast show is lucky if, it's, if it gets, you know, a couple million. You know, Big Bang Theory murdered in its time slot. But then shows like, then you have smaller shows, like comparatively smaller sitcoms like Superstore or Brooklyn Nine-Nine that probably don't get, you know, the nine to 10 million viewers, but they're, 
Superstore gets renewed for season six. Brooklyn Nine Nine gets renewed for season eight. So, uh, obviously, streaming, you know, moving this fast is uh, is a good thing, but it's also it comes with the territory because cable is getting increasingly expensive. AT and T just raised their prices, I believe. Uh, but you know, these streaming services, if you still want to get TV, they're still offering it and they're still raising prices, even though PlayStation TV shut down a couple of weeks ago. Um, but Hulu with live TV that, that jumped price, that jumps price to like, you know, seemingly $5 every single year. Now it's at 55 bucks. If you want Hulu with live TV without ads, um, you got Fubo, <laughs> uh, uh, what is the P one Philo? You can get live stuff on Amazon. Uh, by subscribing to it, you can get, you know, this, this, and that. Yeah. I mean, and Google fiber is going to suspend the home hurt me. Never mind. Never mind. Jesus. Uh, but it's going <laughs> to, she's not turning off. Never mind. Okay. Um, but Google fiber has stopped doing the, uh, stopped offering their cable service. Um, so I don't know. It's this is just all. It's all. It's all new to me. Not new. It's all. It's all commonplace. We're gonna see it's coming, and eventually cable's gonna die out. Even though I still like watching cable, I got ESPN on in the other room right now. Now it was running from the ESPN app, <laughs> but who cares? And this final story comes from Brian Steinberg. Welcome to the TV news business, Viacom. This is just an analysis of, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is what happens last week. Gail, Gail King and CBS this morning or CBS news rather released an interview. She did with Lisa Leslie. Now she did not have, she didn't have the final edits to this. So whoever edited it, the producers, uh, presumably they, she she asked a question about she asked Lisa Leslie a question about Kobe Bryant and it somehow it got well I mean obviously it went into the rape allegations but that wasn't the whole point of the interview the interview was supposed to be you know celebrating basketball and the life of Kobe and all that stuff but the producers with them only having a couple of minutes they just made the interview kind of about the the rape allegations uh, and then uh, Gail was very angry about it she was audibly angry she posted a video to her, her Twitter channel and I'm sorry I just heard something <laughs> uh, and uh, she and she she dismissed CBS this uh, not this morning CBS evening news and said this is why would you do this blah 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 all this stuff and then she didn't show up for work for like three days straight because I watched CBS this morning uh, most 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 mornings um, and she didn't show up to work they they had that other woman in there what is her name the black woman I wish I wish I knew her name uh, but they had the other woman in there and it was so funny because I remember like that night I remember reading something about Gail. And then the next morning I was watching and I went, oh, she's not there. She really didn't show up to work. <laughs> she wasn't sick because she was fine the week before. So <laughs> she just didn't show up to work. Uh, and then she didn't show up for a couple of days. And then she and then she came back. Um, and then CBS said they're looking into the matter. They never released anything about it. But Snoop Dogg came out and started like threatening Gail, which is you don't do that. Uh, and then Oprah came out and said that Gail is really, really hurt. And, she, and, and Oprah was like tearing up. Uh, apparently and uh, so but now um brian steinberg has written a very 
I don't want to say thoughtful, but a very, I don't want to say poignant, a very, <laughs> a piece where it really it points out that now that Viacom and CBS have remerged again um, into this power conglomerate, uh, it's Viacom is now back into the news world, where whereas, you know, for the past uh, 10 years where they weren't with CBS, because Viacom and CBS were a thing in the early 2000s, but now now they are again, then they weren't. Anyway, uh, they were out of the news game for a little bit. Now they're back in it, and this is their big kerfuffle, is what I wrote in the notes. Um, this is going to... This is what happens, you know, this is what happens in a news world where you have things like this and you got to you got to be able to to go to roll the punches and this and that and all that stuff. Um, it's um, it's 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 tricky business. You have to producers have to know that obviously. You know, when somebody big like that passes away and there's allegations like that, uh, but you gotta tread lightly on stories like that. Uh, these, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, those, they, they were sentenced and sent to jail and all that stuff. But uh, this is just such a tragic loss. Were people crying when Jeffrey Epstein was died? I was gonna say was killed. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna start as a conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy pirate. But the people, but no one cried when he when he died. Um, but. Kobe's was different. It was, and it was settled out of court and that was year and years and years ago. Um, I'm acting as if it was 40 years ago. <laughs> no, it was two decades ago. Uh, however, it had just happened and everybody, the Nate, the world was reeling is reeling from it. But you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just tough. It's tough to say the, here's what he wrote. This is as the Viacom half of Viacom CBS is learning. News divisions are messy. Because, you know, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, something happened with Chuck Todd, I believe, uh, where he was saying some stuff about Nazis, like but not not pro-Nazi stuff. But it, I don't know uh, if Fox News gets in trouble. It's, it's not even in trouble, but they stuff happens all the time. Uh, there was an article that came out, I think, two weeks ago that spoke about how the um, their the Fox News producers or something like that, a bunch of producers there have a list of people who, who spread uh, quote unquote fake news. Like, uh, and it's like Rudy Giuliani and a bunch of like super far right wing conservative people. And they're like, we have got to get these people to stop talking like this. (laughs) I think that's very funny. Even the network (laughs) that you work for is like, stop it. Uh, that camera's already turned off. One day I'm going to get a camera that records forever. (laughs) Uh, so now, so yeah, so, uh, Disney, you know, ABC News, I assume, has gone through this type of stuff before. Yeah, here it is. In 2017, for instance, the Walt Disney Company agreed to pay at least $177 million related to costs it incurred in a lawsuit against its ABC News about uh, uh, ABC News. What? Against its ABC It's ABC News. Just say against ABC News. After it was accused of defamation in, by a meat processor. All right. There's a lot of extra words in here. The pink slime controversy. Disney got in trouble for that. They paid $177 million. Uh, The pink slime was talking about um, McDonald's, how it has uh, fake meat. And I can say that because I ain't got money. (laughs) Come at me, McDonald's. Uh, When you're you're a black youth, 
uh, older black people always suggest you try to get a job at McDonald's because it's owned by a black man. Um, look what it's doing to our community. <laughs> CNN. <laughs> CNN, while an integral driver in the profits of Time Warner, was used by the Trump administration to slow AT&T's acquisition of that media conglomerate. Fox Corp. had to grapple with advertiser defections from the primetime lineup of Fox News Channel in 2018 after remarks delivered by two of its primetime opinion hosts. You're just, you're just going to have to get used to this stuff, uh, Viacom, now that you're a conglomerate again. Um, everybody's got to get used to this stuff because everybody's saying, you know, just fiery things just to be fiery. Last week's episode of this show was way too long. <laughs> so this episode is about half that and it's still way too long. Listen, if you like what you're here, head over to the website, seabuzzcomedy.com where you can find interviews with your favorite comedians and a, and a few other things, old reviews I've done. The last review I did was of the TV show Crashing. You can... And, um, that was in 2018. <laughs> when Crashing was canceled, I stopped reviewing. No, no, no. I stopped reviewing uh, the, the Crashing season finale. Season 2 finale or season 3? Season 3. I had an idea for the next season of the show. If they did one more season. Uh, Pete gets... Pete moves from New York... It'll be a time jump. So Pete moves from New York and moves to LA and he starts a podcast and it's called making weird. <laughs> if you listen to you made it weird, this is and you know who Pete Holmes is. Then this is, this is gold, baby gold. <laughs> uh, making weird with Pete Holmes. And he starts a podcast and, you know, he's been doing comedy stand up for a few years at this point. Like I said, time jump. And, uh, and then he gets a, he gets a talk show <laughs> on TBS. <laughs> such a, such a very specific thing. Cause it happened in his real life. Anyway, listen, head on over to that website, seaplescomedy.com. If you want to see a video version of the show, head over to youtube.com slash seaplescomedy to see me now scratching my leg and enjoying it. Oh my God. It feels so good. That pork smells so good. <laughs> and then there's also, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, the new, the show news time, uh, that had the, the thing, <laughs> the, it had the Oscars episode. So definitely watch that too. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. at simple comedy. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram at chat black white. Like us on Facebook. Some, rate review the show thank you so much for listening i appreciate on apple podcast uh thank you so much for listening. <laughs> all right i'm gonna hang up now bye <laughs>